It's not rocket science. Not not rocket science. Science. Not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's not 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 rocket science. It's not rocket science. Welcome to Not Rocket Science. In this episode, we'll be learning from a real-life firefighter, Nate Morshan, who's going to teach us about fire safety and what it's like being a firefighter. I'm excited. Because after all, uh, learning uh, about firefighting, it's not... What, Anthony? It's not, it's not what rocket you think science. it is. Like Maddie said, we're going to be talking to a real live firefighter today, and we're really excited to have him on the show. But first, we're going to hear from our studio plant, Greg Buckman, and his take on how to prevent forest fires. Greg, Greg how, how are, are you? Well, hi, I'm here with my best friend, Barney, my dog. And we're going over fire prevention and teaching him how to prevent fires. Okay. This first lesson should be easy for you, Barney, because I know you don't smoke. As far as I know, and you better not ever start, okay? Don't ever start smoking. You got that, Barney? Anyway, if you ever find lit cigarettes, Barney, please make, you sh make sure you put them out responsibly, okay? You got it? Lesson number two. Barney, don't ever set fireworks off, okay? You got that? You wanna hear fireworks? Just go to the Dodger game, Barney, okay? Well, and Barney, when you go camping, always put your campfires out completely, okay? Douse them with water, okay? Don't you dare ever leave a campfire unattended, okay? That's a huge no-no. And Barney, if you have a fire alarm at home, always make sure it has fresh batteries, okay, Barney? You got that? Make sure it's working. It's important, Barney. Well, Barney, and if you ever see a fire, call 911 right away and say, give me the fire department right away. We need them. We've got a fire. And always remember your address, Barney, where the fire is at or where you're located. Well, thanks, guys. You've got to protect people and plants. Wow. Also, we're going to have Greg spray this extinguisher. Is that what they fire call it? Uh, the fire extinguisher. And he's going to do that uh, to show us what that looks like. Take it away, Greg. <laughs> yeah, take it away, Greg. Step one, pull pin hold upright. Number two, aim at the base of the fire, okay? You got to aim at the base of the fire. You don't want to, like, hit your friend in the eyes or something like that. You're using this to put a fire out. This is step three. Squeeze and hold the lever. Okay? Step four, sweep side to side. Ready? Action. Okay. Stand back. Just said move back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. Whoa! I just think that everybody should own one of these. What are they called? A fire extinguisher. And where uh, can somebody pick one of these up? Any like major hardware store like Home Depot, Probably Costco. They have everything. Costco has everything. They have huge mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That, if you're into that much mayonnaise, they have samples there too. Well, thank you so much, Greg, for showing us how to use this extinguisher. All right, folks, as you can tell, 
Uh, we may or may not have uh, shown you how to use the extinguisher properly. I don't think that it should be on my shoulder like a parrot at a pirate party. Uh, but I do know, thank you, Greg. Uh, we, uh, you can follow a link that we're putting on and it's right there, the link. If you follow that, you can learn how to properly put out a fire with an extinguisher. Keep it a real and keep it safe. Everyone be safe. Wow. Thank you, Greg. That was really insightful. And we learned a lot, actually. Let's keep that plant safe. Uh, I, I think you mean the, the planet safe. Is that what you meant? Or, um, well, uh, actually, uh, what did I say? I thought I said, what did uh, I say? You said uh, keep the plant safe. I did? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah I guess I did I, uh, because Greg's a plant. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, yeah. uh, keep the planet safe and plants uh, safe as well, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, because uh, you know what we say. Uh, um, it's not what, Anthony? It's not It's not plants. rocket science. It's, it's not plant. Uh, what? It's not rocket science. It's not plant. One thing you guys should know is each episode, the two of us will learn something new from a seasoned professional. Uh, and that's very great because it could be an English teacher, a history professor, today a firefighter. So that is going to be really great to know how to do safety in all things fire and rescuing cats, too, I suppose. They do that and... They have calendars. There, a lot of them are hunks, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Maddie, I went to New Orleans or New Orleans or New Lawrence, yeah. uh, whatever you want to say, and I had a very, very nice time, except for the fact that uh, it was August and dangerously, dangerous, dangerously, dangerously, dangerously heat wave. Uh, so it was. Uh, 100 degrees, and then 115 degrees uh, with the humidity, which is not that fun. But when you're on vacation, you still <laughs> pretend that it's not happening because you want to enjoy yourself. So I was, just, hot. I was just out enjoying 115 degree weather every day, and I were, made sure not to bring water because I wanted to show New Orleans how tough I am. And that failed me good because I didn't feel good with, for not drinking water. <laughs> what happened? Did well, you... I don't know. I didn't get. I mean, it's just you. <laughs> Did you get heat struck? I didn't. But the the interesting thing about New Orleans are in are this is specific heat wave is you go outside and you look like you've been in a sauna, and then uh, you have to go about every fifteen minutes into a uh, some sort of air conditioned building. So I learned a lot about different random stores because I was just like, oh, look at this. Looks like a really interesting lamp store. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Really cool uh, 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 baby clothes store. I just kept going into stores that had, <laughs> that had air conditioning. I, did, I was just <laughs> pretending that I needed a lamp you or baby clothes or... <laughs> They're like, ooh, wow, this is a really great hardware store. I need to buy lumber. And it's like, I didn't need to go in there, but I just needed to cool down. And I, like, always, I have enough lumber at home. Yeah, yeah. And I kept announcing myself, too. I made it pretty obvious. I was like, wow, I really need baby clothes. <laughs> and they're like, 
I get it. It's hot. J- just sit in the corner if you want. You, no, you, no, I need lumber. I'm on vacation. <laughs> I need, I'm on vacation. I need to build things. You need to build yourself a little hut with... You could build yourself a hut with air conditioning. Yes. I de- should have done that. I definitely should have. Um, uh, uh, why didn't you sit in your car? With your AC, you just wanted to. It's a really good idea, uh, Maddie. Like, I again, I didn't think of that. Well, I did. I, I didn't drive, uh, Maddie. I didn't rent a car. I didn't no. drive. I was on vacation. You're on foot. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, if I would have uh, driven to New Orleans, I'd still be in the road. So I didn't have a car, or I would have done that. Um, but I had a really good time. In fact, I, during the heat wave, I brought Zane, who was on last episode, my son to uh swamp so <laughs> so we went to the middle of the swamp and uh watched alligators and learned about uh the uh, swamp land of new orleans and we held alligators and maybe you can show we yeah. can put the picture you up. sent me a, a thing of an alligator yeah we could put that up and it was uh, scary the guy just it, grabbed yeah, it was it did it bite you or no no yeah uh but it uh, it uh, bit the guy the the tour guide guy he it bit him and he didn't tape it up, and then he said it was safe. And then I guess after people say things, I just believe them. So I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to hold this uh, alligator. And Zane, why don't you hold it too? Oh, my it, God. It was very, uh, very fun, though. We had a blast. Awesome. The tour guide uh, had no fear, picked up a poisonous, huge poisonous spider, like the size of yeah. my hand. and. And uh, he was holding it, and while he was holding it, he dropped it. <laughs> he oh dropped it right by an alligator, and instead of letting it go, Maddie, what? Well, he tried to wrestle out this poisonous spider that's next to an alligator, <laughs> and he didn't get it. And he was yelling at the spider, it's like Steve Irwin. Yeah, it was funny. He was just like, "Come on now, Gator, or come on now, Spider! I can't believe you f- went and fell out of my hand like that." Right next to a gator, too, of all places. I'm like, dude, you dropped him. He was just sitting in a tree by himself, enjoying his life. Uh, anyways, I had a really good time. I got this voodoo shirt because that's what you do do. And I had beignets. And have you ever been to New Orleans? Uh, no. It's no, really I've great. Been to Louisiana, though. I do recommend it. Shreveport. I've, I've been to Shreveport. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I, would, I actually want to branch out because I really do like... Excluding the heat and uh, almost being bitten by alligators. Did you get alligators. any gumbo? I wait. Is gumbo the soup? Because I yeah, did not do soup. a soup. It's so good. You never I, had it. I didn't. I did do have. Do not want to try it or what? Well, it was just so hot. I did have. Oh right, uh, right. I did have uh, that rice. Sandwiches. The rice dish. What's that? Uh, um, is that jambalaya? Yeah, that's jambalaya. No, rice is that it? Off. Oh, yeah, jambalaya. No, I had rice pilaf the whole time. (laughs) You just Um, ate rice pilaf. I did venture into a place that had, uh, they were serving uh, turtle soup, and uh, everyone was raving about it, but I didn't eat a turtle. But I did eat a bug. I ate a a centipede. uh, On purpose? Yeah. Or no, it was not a centipede. I don't think it was a centipede. It was uh, like a a chocolate-covered beetle uh, because Zane, my son, dared me to do it and said, if you do it, I will. And then I did it. And he said, no. And I was like, fine. I didn't didn't mind it. I was kind of his hero after eating a bug. Nice. Anyways, how was your world when I was Uh, in the south? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's going good. I'm I'm taking a stand up comedy class that I'm very excited about. Oh, great! And uh, yeah, I've been learning a lot and and stand up and how it works, and it's a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, I actually have like a my class performance is going to be September twenty fourth around seven p.m. Uh, come check it out if you want to. It's it's going to be uh, I think at the haha, but I'll keep you all posted. But I'll tell you a little joke um, that you wrote, or yeah, is it, uh, okay, that I wrote. Yeah. So this is a joke that you yeah. wrote for your stand up. Yeah. Okay. It's just a short joke, but sure. Um, uh, uh, what's weird about me being an actor is um, I haven't really uh, gotten hired to do monologues. Oh. Well, it's like, do I look like a guy that can do a monologue? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I, uh, you know you what? Laugh, I laugh though. But I'm also I am apologetic because I shouldn't be commenting or talking. This is. Will you <laughs> please do it over? Will you do it over again? No, no, no. One more. You can't do a joke twice. It's like. Uh, can I try your joke? <laughs> so, as an actor, uh, who uh, never gets hired to do monologues uh, because I don't look like mono- a monologue. <laughs> That was was cool. that a good delivery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was very good. Cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome, yeah. awesome. Thank you. Well, come check out my show September twenty fourth, seven ish, seven ish. And can you put uh, the Haha Cafe? I guess they can just yeah. look that up. Yeah, you can look it up, but I'll keep you posted. And what's your uh, class uh, show going to be called? Do you know, or what's your? Oh, uh, I'm not sure actually. I I think it's just. It's called the stand-up comedy class. If y'all are interested in taking stand-up, I love it. It's great. Uh, this guy Jerry and Heather teach it. They're incredible. Okay. Um, yeah, check it out. Are they stand-ups? They are stand-ups. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they will they be uh, hosting this? Uh, They'll be hosting extravaganza. Yes. Yep. That's so cool. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, and uh, yeah, awesome. Well. Um, uh, thanks all for being here. Uh, we love y'all, and uh, let's get the show on the on the road. Uh, blast off! It's not rocket science. Welcome to Not Rocket Science. In this episode, we're going to be learning from uh, actual firefighter Nate Morshan. He's the best. Nate Morshan is a firefighter, and we're going to learn about fire safety and what it's like to be a firefighter because after all uh firefighting's uh what anthony not rocket it's science. not it's <laughs> not uh, not fire fighting it's definitely yeah. not rocket science it's not yeah. not ro- <laughs> yeah. it's fi- it's fighting it's fighting it's fighting it's, yeah you're fighting you f- the fire you yeah. fight fire fighting yeah. the fire do you guys listen to that song in the truck i don't know the fighting know. the what fire f- no is that a song? Is that a song? Fighting the fire. Fighting the fire? <laughs> I've never heard know, fighting like, the fire. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, it that is. Okay, we didn't. Oh start wait, no, fire. fighting the fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Obviously, this is an an episode about music history. Right. Um, but uh, thank you so much for being here, oh, Nate. Thanks for having me. It's um, a pleasure. It's, it's so cool to have an actual firefighter here. Um, uh. Well, first of all, what's the story of Nate? The story of Nate. Um, yeah. Well, I'm 42 years old. Got into the fire service when I was 35. 
Um, so a little late start, career change. Um, I rode BMX bikes professionally for 15 years prior to that. What? Jeez. Uh, needed a uh, job that didn't require as much education as I thought it would. Um, and uh, wanted to be outside, didn't want a desk job. And that's kind of how I ended up in the fire service, um, which come to find out is a lot more education, a lot more knowledge than I ever thought. I thought it was a blue collar job that you just had to be comfortable working with your hands and being mechanical, but it's far beyond that. So in what way? The schooling that you need to have. It's um it's basically like if you go the whole route of it, you end up doing the equivalent of like a bachelor's degree in school to to well, that makes sense. To get everything you need to have, you know, to have the qualifications of the for the fire department. So like you end up going to a college to do your fire academy you'll do your um, fire science classes and then um, emt um, and then you'll end up going to paramedic school for most departments now and paramedic like all that combined is about four-year process wow yeah and then you get in you get in well hopefully you get in there's never a guarantee (laughs) is it hard to get in once you've done all of that as well it it can be it can um it can take anywhere you know if you're on the lucky side you take your first test do your first interview you get hired that hired with that department that's a rarity um, sometimes you takes 10 years of persistent deal. Cause you like the interview process is probably the hardest part. You know, you sit down on an interview panel and they ask you weird questions and it's unlike any job interview you've ever had because you can't just be like, Oh yeah, this is how we do it. But this you, there's, it's almost like a script of like how you answer the questions. And, and you must, and then during the school you have to learn how to yeah. answer these questions pretty much. Well, that's on your own. So you okay. can, you can go like what we always do. We always tell guys, if you're in a process with a fire department, go to that fire department, ask to come by and do a ride along, get to know that fire department, see what their cultures are like. And then, um, you know, you'll sit down with those guys and they'll ask you if you've done interview prep. And if not, they'll be like, Hey, do you want to do interview prep? And they'll sit down and they'll pepper you with questions that are, you know, it gets your blood pressure up and me. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. You know, so. Wow. Well, what kind of what kind of questions are in in that test? Do they ask you like things that you wouldn't even think of? Uh, it's it, it's like uh, so they'll ask you like you know the first question will always be like hey tell me a little bit about yourself so you kind of come up with an idea how yeah. to, how to talk about yourself which is hard you know right I mean you guys are probably used to being able to tell people like no I struggle with yeah <laughs> right I don't even know me really <laughs> exactly right so yeah. you sit there and you're trying to go how would I actually tell someone about me like what's cool about me what what's important about me what what are the things and you start getting a little narcissistic about it like okay let me uh, see what makes me really cool and you're like oh that's not even that cool it sucks BMX is very I don't cool. say that yeah, that is yeah. what you say but, but you man. also but you also want to kind of stay humble right so you don't want to like talk about like how awesome you are because the guys sitting across the table are going to be like okay cool i think anybody thinks that a bmx Uh, bike career is pretty cool it's different i think i think it's i think for the fire department especially as you get um we got guys i mean we have ex-special forces on our on our department you wow. know, you, like everyone wow. has done something co- cool some departments have you know guys who like ex-nfl players ex ex-mlb players like there's there's guys who've accomplished stuff sure know? sure um so you you don't want to come off as like fully yourself no matter what your accomplishments prior to the fire service was you kind of want to figure out that hum- that humility side of you know how do you talk about yourself without like really you know jumping on your own bandwagon for sure that makes you sense know? have you ever read your uh, have you ever rode your BMX bike to a 
to a fire. <laughs> no, no. Great, good. Yeah, no. It's I'm a, glad you didn't. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah that would have been. It's a lot of hard work to even just get to the fire in the truck, rather rather than pedal in there. Yeah, for sure. I got a question for sure, you. Sure. Fastest time you ever put your outfit on? Do you, uh, time, you guys really yeah, time yourselves? We do. Yeah. What's the fastest you've fastest, done? Fastest. Um, Full outfit, boots and all. Boots, everything, all Hat. the way. <laughs> So on probation, that's what you're, th- that's part of your probationary testing. So if you yeah. can't get dressed and like the maximum time is two minutes, that's from a normal like uniform, which is like your, your badge shirt. Yeah. All the way to your turnouts, uh, BA on air, ready to go into a fire situation. You can't go past two minutes. So two minutes is the, is, you know, maximum. If you can do it in two minutes, sure it's passing. But, um, for me personally, I think I was down around one fifteen, one twenty. Probably 115, the fastest. 120. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, you get good at it. You so practice. So, are you, so is it literally like you're watching TV in the outfit you're wearing right now, mm-hmm. and then they do the ding, 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 and you got to run down so, the, that, so yeah. you don't know when it's going to happen? Yeah. So, we'll do that like uh, with rookies and probationary guys. We'll, uh, they'll be in the kitchen doing dishes or doing whatever mundane like station task, and you go, all right, like, we're going to do a, we're going to do a go drill for them. And then you, yeah, you page them up, and you, you know, you go. slowest time you've ever seen. That's a good, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not passing. Like There's, ten minutes? I mean, slow. Not ten minutes. I would say probably into like the threes. But also, they're all all goofed up. Like hel- I've seen helmets on backwards. I've seen, <laughs> you know, I, I've I've seen guys fumble. Like it, there's just a lot of fumbling around that you know but you, don't, you can't do. You can't. I mean, you gotta. It's gotta be right. But they, you know, they'll get better. Like that's always usually everyone's first go at it, you know, especially if they have no experience and they weren't like an explorer with their dad at 16. Like if they're just getting into it in their 20s or 30s and they don't have experience, they're going to yeah. – there's a learning curve. You'll get right, better. Yeah, you just takes, have to practice. It takes time. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it really heavy too? I mean it's, it's uh, not an easy thing to put on. Yeah, I mean altogether, like if with you fully – yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go through the things that are kind of part of the suit, like what you okay, have to put Okay, so on. you have um, your structure boots, which are um, – uh, fireproof heat resistant boots um, that are kind of they're, they're a little bit bigger than normal boots so they slide on easy but they're already in your pants so you have your turnout pants which are fire resistant thermal resistant everything like that and then you have your jacket which is all that and then you have a nomex hood like you see like what race car drivers wear they put that on over their helmet and then that's their helmet or they put that on and then they put their helmet on it's is basically it like a hood it's like yeah it's like a it's like a whitish color hood the cream color hood and that's you put that on and that goes over your mask so you have helmet jacket pants boots um axe breathing apparatus mask gloves everything that adds up so just that basic stuff is between 50 and 60 pounds probably of extra oh my god a lot of lot of are heroes oh no it just we just do our job yeah i know but thank you for <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's amazing so yeah. when so you, you said to... you all are heroes are you talking to me too yeah, or no everyone <laughs> is i'm not really <laughs> uh so uh as far as uh, fire trucks, you drive mm-hmm. it, or where do you ride in it? So, well, yeah, in my position right now, I'm on a uh, I'm on a truck. So the I don't know. A lot of people will, will get rid of this out of the way. A lot of people that could say a fire truck. So for us, a fire truck is the one with the big ladder in the two pieces. So like, there's someone driving in the back, someone driving in the front. That's a ladder truck. Gotcha, gotcha. The other one with the water is an engine. And oh yeah, so like you know, your fire engine and a fire truck. So you're on a truck. I'm on a truck, and I, I knew that. That's why I said yeah, truck. Yeah, of course. I did yeah, not know the truck. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of pride taken in, in being a truckie. Yeah, um, yeah, that's awesome. But uh, I drive the tiller, so that's the rear of the truck. So I, I drive the rear wheels. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's difficult. Uh, it's a it's weird. Like, have you you guys ever driven a forklift? 
No. No. Okay. Keep um, asking. Yeah. I'll say no to everything. All right. So imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine um, driving in reverse all the time. So oh. w- the way you turn your wheels aren't the way you're going. So that that's the difficult part of it. It's so like, like you're in Australia. So if you're going, if if you're making a right hand turn. The dri- the engineer that's what we call the drivers so the engineer will make that right that right hand turn and if I start making the right hand turn I'll kick the ass end of the truck into the curb so I have to turn left in order to go right dear lord oh my god yeah. so like once you get your head wrapped around that it's fine but it, it takes a little bit to why is that is it just because the truck is so big so yeah in order need... to make some tight turns in the city um, if you just had because essentially it's a semi truck it's sixty three feet long you know and it's basically like an eighteen wheeler now try driving eighteen wheeler down a side street like you know so we have wheels in the back that steer so if we make a tight right hand turn you can kick the ass end around out to the left and avoid the curb and avoid everything else out you know what would be a good way to practice is the two uh two person horse costume yeah that's that's pretty much what it's about yeah that's real you gotta go that there yeah or cow whatever one you that would be because if you both went right in the two person horse costume you're either just gonna go lateral or one you're gonna jackknife each other yeah so you know one guy goes right the other guy's got to kick the ass end around to the left that's a tough costume man that's a tough no one thinks about that when they think about the minotaur or the uh or the horse costume they don't think about how difficult it is for the guy in the back He's right. got to smell the farts. That's right, you know, <laughs> which is a ter- and you do too, I bet. Uh, it's we don't have air conditioning back there, so it's what? it's hot. Um, Why? And you're wearing that suit. Uh, we don't wear the suit all the time. You only wear the suit on the fire calls. Oh, okay, you know, okay. so you're not every time you get in the truck, you're not always oh, okay, doing that because okay. we also run medical calls and. That's right. Any 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 call that somebody thinks is an emergency, the fire department will go. You Cats. Know? I've definitely done cats. All right, yeah. tell us about on, that. On a tree, uh, you've been you've <laughs> had to go like I've, literally I've, I've a TV had, show. <laughs> I've had I've had two cat incidents. One was up a tree, and uh, that was actually a really funny story. Um, we got called out for it, and normally we don't do that do that stuff. Once we're up a tree, it's like dude, like our biggest our, the uh, it's funny but true is you know anytime someone's like my cat's in the tree, I'm like how many cat skeletons do you see in a tree? You ever seen a cat skeleton in a tree? No, because they always come down. Lord knows right? I have. No, you know, right? So <laughs> Maybe we go. Halloween, you see one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like a real, you know, the cats don't one. go up there and decide to die in a, yeah. in a, in a yeah. tree. Um, but we go up and you're like, all right, you're looking in this tree and we get a call out for this. And th- this silly call, this girl, you know, people have pets. I don't know. You can't, you can't judge people on what pets and how they treat them. But like normally cats are stay at home. You don't put a leash on them. You don't take them to the park with you. Right. That's like kind of a dog thing. Yeah. Yeah. This individual decided that her cat needed to come to the park with her. Mm. Cat decided to run up a pretty tall tree, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, she called us to come get it out. We don't have the ability to, like, where it was, we couldn't put a ladder there. It was too high. We couldn't bring the ladder truck in because it was on grass. The truck would have sunk. So we're like, All right, we don't, we don't, we don't How really know. How high was it, would you say? It was probably 30, 40 feet up in the tree. Oh, wow. And, uh <laughs> So we're we're trying to figure out what to do, and you know, because you want to try and help people, you don't want to like completely dismiss their what they consider an emergency. But you're also like, Jesus Christ, how are we gonna get this cat out? Yeah. Um. So one of the guy treats cat treats. Well, (laughs) thirty feet. Yeah. The engineer had a bright idea to shoot it out of the tree with a hose line, because what we were hoping to do is we were gonna like rain water down on it. So hopefully it would just like, oh, this sucks. Let me come down. That wasn't working, and then they were like, "Hey, you know, hopefully your cat comes down." But there's nothing like we can't, 
can't, <laughs> can't do anything about right. it. And then another one was just cat stuck between a cinder block wall and a garage. Oh, that's less. Oh. Yeah, that's less, less hilarious. Less hilarious. Still hilarious. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, not, not, not hilarious not, at all. More, yeah, it's more awful. Of a, more of a pain in the butt trying scary. to get that out. Scary. Yeah, yeah that's so. that scary. You Silly deal cats. with a lot of yeah. just weird, weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. What's the best way to prevent a fire in your house? Oh, I mean, have every <laughs> have a new house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, best way, like fire preventative stuff. Um, if you have candles, keep them away from curtains. Blow them out if you're not in the room. Um, mm-hmm. Pay attention to if anything that could possibly be an electrical hazard, especially older houses. There's always electrical issues. That's, yeah. that's a lot of the time. Keep stuff away from, like, I mean, houses, apartments, they'll have those furnaces that are in the floor and they have that big grate. Some people, we've had it a few times where people uh, put stuff over that grate and then it gets cold. They forget to take that off and they turn their heat on and then that catches their house wow. on fire. Like oh, what things man. they put over it? Just we like had a, a couch over top of one at one time. That was a couch. Yeah, a couch. And that caught on fire. Oh mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they, and the, the people weren't home. They turned their heat on, left to go to work or whatever, wherever they went. And wow. uh, it was just sitting on top of that heat vent, you know, blasting. And it eventually it just got to the point where it caught, caught on fire. Jeez. Um, there, I mean, it's all common sense stuff for the most part. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you right, know, yeah. like it's it's don't plug too much stuff into your electrical outlets. Like the protectors, you uh, mean? Like the power strips or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You could you, you could still use a power strip because those have like a, a like almost like a breaker in there. So if they if something does trip, the whole power strip will shut off. But you know, you've seen um, Christmas Story, right? Where the, yeah. Where the old man stuck has like a you know ten feet of plugs sticking out of the same outlet. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. constantly blowing fuses. That'll catch your house on fire. <laughs> you probably see stuff like that all I, the we, time. We do. There's a that's a, a a big thing. Electrical fires are probably the most prevalent of like when it comes down to cause of the fire. When you're like, oh shit, it started here at the outlet, and you look and you're like, there's like 15 cords running over to this outlet. Jeez. So that's probably the biggest uh, fire starter in a, in a home is the electric. I, w- I would say, especially yeah. for older homes, like newer newer houses are far less likely to catch on fire. You know, they're just designed. It, they're they're designed better. The new, newer electricity, all the new permitting and all that safety stuff that the that the city makes you go through to like to to build new construction is is so much designed around like not having you know the house burn down. Yeah, that makes sense. They probably yeah. also don't put the the heat in the floor anymore, right? Do they put it against the wall or I don't know? How yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on, sure on that. I know like. My house is old, but it, we have like forced air furnace, and it comes through like a normal like wall mm-hmm. setup. But yeah, you know, I like my, I remember living in apartments, and we had either like the 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 skinny wall furnace thing, or you'd had the one in the floor. And I've had both, and they're yeah. So, Jeez. I don't know how. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so, uh, what other what other things do you see, like other other ways that fires start? Candles. Yeah. Um, Barbecues too close to houses. Jeez. Oh, really? Yeah. You remember the house we lived in in Pasadena, the yeah. blue one that you guys yeah. came by? So yeah. you, we had that condo complex next to us, right? Yeah. They burned that condo complex down. So somebody was oh doing barbecuing and they had, they had these little decks, you know, nothing, nothing big. And they had the barbecue pushed up against the siding of the, of the condo, started cooking and it caught that siding on fire oh. and then it went into the wall and then caught the entire complex on fire. Jeez. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so barbecue is definitely too close to the house. Um, uh, there's all there's so many different ways for it to happen. Goofing around. There's a lot of a lot of people playing like 
just doing stupid shit, you know, like right. you playing with gas. That's always a fireworks. Or... Fireworks are a good one. Um, fireworks are usually just blowing hands off and stuff. But if they, oh god, <laughs> that happens. You had to deal with this. I, I have. I have fortunately not had to deal with somebody blowing their hands off of fireworks. Fortunately, oh, finger. Uh, the worst stuff I've seen is uh, car accidents like... and stuff like that where there's pieces missing. But um, good yeah, Lord no. Almighty. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, you got a you got a tough gig sometimes. It, you know? Every once in a while, it, it gets a little hairy. How do you what? like the heat? Do you not fire heat? Just in general, just like, are you a person? That, I don't like being in hot. I like being cold. Same. I grew I grew up in Michigan, so I'm I'm more of a, a cold weather, fall weather type of guy. And you're still dealing with it. I mean, it's it's a hundred and something degrees, and we gotta deal. I mean, it's it's life, right? What do we wow, do? Wow, man. Speaking, yeah, I grew up in the Midwest as well. Yeah. Speaking of life, so what's what's the day in the life of you on working at uh, like in the day in the life of a firefighter? That's a good question. Um, um, day, yeah. Like you get to you get to the station. What do you do? So first thing, yeah, you get to the station. Um, I like to get there early. So our shift change is at seven a.m. So we work a forty-eight hour shift. So we go from forty-eight hours. Yeah. So we do like oh seven a.m. to seven a.m. Uh, forty-eight hours. So like I like right now, I go to work on Saturday. I get off on Monday morning. Oh. Oh, I thought you said four two eight. No, 40, no, no. 48, Yeah, that's tough on y'all. You um, just sleep there in a cot. We do, yeah, well, we have we have dorms. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's basically our house. So I, shift changes at seven. So I usually like to get there around six six fifteen, so I can do my my daily routine. So I get there. Um, whoever I'm relieving that day, I'll grab my my turnout gear and my equipment that I need, and I'll set it next to their spot because they might have had a rough night and they might still be asleep. But I'll mm. just set it there. Just in case, like something happens, they wake up, they see my stuff's there, so they know they know they're ready to be relieved, and they go, "Oh, cool, Nate's here. Let me let me go find them, let them know what's going on." So we do a pass pass down, which is basically they'll tell us what they've done in the last forty eight hours. You know, like, hey, we you know had we had one fire, we threw a ladder, um, we had an extrication, or we went out on a drill. Like, you know, this last. So I got relieved. Yeah, I got off work yesterday morning. I got relieved um, from uh, from my the other shift shift guy and. We did a bunch of training and drills, so I, I basically let, let him know, like, hey, we used um, the over-the-side kit. So we we went up into the mountains and basically simulated a mountain rescue, and that's part of what we do on a daily basis. But we, So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm letting my, my partner know, like, hey, this is all the equipment we used. It's clean. It's put back. It's back in, in run-ready position. So if you guys get something, you don't have to go, oh, shit, where's my stuff? It's mm-hmm. already set up. You know, So that's part of it. We get into the uh, station, do do that. Hang out, talk to the guys in the morning, figure out what um, what they did, give them relief. Once they get once they get um, get out of there at seven, me and the engineer will pull the rig out. So we'll pull the pull the truck out, and we basically go through our first day maintenance of the rig. So we'll extend it. We'll basically take all the hydraulic equipment and we'll extend the outriggers, place those down, and then the big aerial ladder. We'll make sure that works properly. And then we go through, we check our, our breathing apparatuses, put them through their test mode. We'll test up, we'll make sure all of our medical equipment's there, make sure all the batteries are charged, make sure we're basically ready for any emergency from the start of our shift until whenever. Um, and then once that's ready, you're pretty much, if the schedule allows, you have an hour, hour and a half of workout time in the morning. So we, we'll all like sit down, we do line up at a table like this. Like sometimes it's a four person house, the house I work at, we have uh, 10 people. Mm-hmm. So we sit at a table and we all kind of go over the daily operations. Like, hey, we have this drill to do today. We have to go down to EMS for, you know, whatever. We have to go do this, this and this. All right, cool. Let's go work out, if, you know, and then at that point, once that's over, you know what you have to do that day, but now you're just waiting for the calls to come in. Mm. So oh, you could wow. be in the middle of, you know, 
What kind of workouts? Because I see the firefighters in my neck of the woods. Yeah. A lot of basketball, these guys. So it, it, it depends. Pickleball has taken off. Now that's it, the it one you all a, do. I, I'm not a fan. I, uh, I, I opt out of pickleball. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm, for whatever reason, I just don't enjoy it. Get away from my like pickles. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of pickles. Balls are a little, you know. Yeah, I feel a, you, you on know, all that I'm, stuff. I'm not a. I'm not a ball sport guy. I don't think. Yeah, um, yeah. But guys do play. Like uh, basketball is a big one. There's a department that uh, their. Uh, what do they call it? Their, their department game. Like their officially adopted department games handball. So, handball. So a lot of the stations will have handball courts in the station. Yeah. Oh, so they'll cool. play. You know, they'll play. Um, but yeah, pickleball basketball workouts like my crew uh there's a couple guys that like to play pickleball and but most of us just are just trying to keep our cardio up you know like that's you got uh, to you know that's 90 uh, percent of it all like if you if you can't breathe you can't do anything so we try and keep our cardio going and that's why basketball is a kind of a big one a lot of hijinks going around in that uh, with you boys <laughs> and ladies whoever you a lot of pranks a lot less than there used to be um, there's this whole thing called harassment and no hazing policies and oh, stuff. Oh boy, yeah. Um, so they took a lot of the uh, boys' club fun stuff away from us. Every once in a while, uh, every, uh, so now uh, you're, plastic. So now you're reading books. Yeah, yeah. every once in a while, you know, if reading. you if you know the the person, like so, there, there's a whole thing. It's a tradition, and I don't, I I truly don't believe it's hazing. People can say what they want about it, but like you get involved in in a in a job. And you kind of know what you're getting involved with, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to come in there and change the culture because you don't like it. You're getting involved with that job because you like the culture. You yeah. like, you know, um, we, in you get in there and you know, you're as a rookie, you're the low man on the totem pole. You're going to get shit on. You're going to like, you're, you're responsible for all the garbage work around the station because everyone else has been there for a while. So you're like, all right, well already I got to clean toilets. I got to do dishes. I got to take care of all the trash, oh, I gotta do, do everything around the station. And then you're also the biggest tradition that w- we enjoy is bucketing guys, which is basically getting like five gallon buckets of ice water and, you know, in like the ice bucket challenge, like kind of, but like challenge. unsuspected, like they don't know what's yeah. coming, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's, uh, and, and you usually do that. What, what the misunderstanding is a lot of the times is you do that to the guys you like. Like if you're not getting messed with at the fire station, it's cause no one likes you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know what, what I mean? I, like that's, that's what I would have had to deal with. You know, people are like, Oh man, I had a, I, no one, no one bucketed me. No one did this. I'm like, all right. They're kind of telling me that n- your crew didn't want to, didn't want to put like put themselves in danger cause they're nervous about you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. They don't trust yeah, you. Yeah. They don't trust you cause they're like, Oh man, he's going to tell the chief or he's going to go to HR and be like, Hey, you know, they, they put ice water on me, or they put my bed out on the roof, and you're like, well, yeah. I like this bed on the roof. I like hijinks. <laughs> I think this is great. While they were sleeping? No, so we'll get them to do it. Like, we'll get the rookies to do stuff, and then, you know, we're like, hey, they're in the in the office doing something or talking to the, talking to the captain or whatever, and then we'll take their entire bedroom and set it up out on the roof. So nightstand, That's light. That's great bed the whole the whole nine yards everything's out on the roof so they come to go to bed and they're like where's my bed and then they look out and everything's set out uh, uh, set up out on the perfectly roof. set up yeah perfectly like <laughs> it's like an identical dorm out on the roof hi nice, jinx nice view, nice view. You know? yeah so. uh, i think that uh you got to have a lighter side sometimes you guys go through a lot of serious things yeah it's and that and that's what we like to portray as is you know we're not doing it out of maliciousness you know there what there used to be like there were 
like back in the 80s 90s maybe even early 2000s like some of the stories you hear from some of the older guys when they tell us oh yeah well, this is what we did we're like jesus christ yeah like, yeah right like Jeez. that's a little over the <laughs> yeah, yeah. over the top we nearly something. drowned a guy I, there's there's stories <laughs> of a very close to paralyzing ending career ending ending jokes oh wow guys. well yeah, that's i'm like i'm like you why'd you do that and like, i don't know anything what's gonna happen but uh, um well it did uh, yeah, I mean, yeah we're did. still here yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but so that in a way, it's good, but in, in the on the other side of thing, side of it is like if you don't have that crew bonding, if you don't have that like camaraderie in in that in that job, is you just kind of like lose out on the the what what you're really there for. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like growing up playing sports, like I, I played hockey, I played football, you know. Then I started riding bikes and doing all that stuff. But like in a team sport atmosphere, in order to have that like trauma bonding like I, I know that sounds like a terrible term but like yeah trauma bonding is a good thing for a unit yeah for right? you all yeah, yeah, yeah for us like we need to be able to like have no no like in a shitty situation we're gonna have each other's back and you know relate with each other relate with each other yeah. and in some ways you know messing with each other is the best way to get rid of it because you go on stupid calls or you see you know really terrible stuff some days and the only way really to get it out of your mind is like all right let's see what we can do today like yeah. what can we what joke can we play what how can we lighten this uh, situation you know excluding the uh, cat uh being sprayed <laughs> do you have a lot of any other like uh like silly calls you can tell us about maybe like just, silly yeah, calls you know like some so i've been called i mean there's there's definitely silly calls where it's it, you feel like it's a waste of time you know but Funny, funny, I mean, silly, silly, goofy, goofy calls. Uh, I don't know, or maybe you don't. It's too serious. Yeah, no, this it, job. It, it, it's it really isn't. I'd say ninety percent of the time, it's not the not the most serious thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, like I've been called out for a girl. Oh, okay, funny call. All right, this is so. You, we had a seventeen-year-old kid call us out at three thirty in the morning. This is a couple weeks ago, and he uh, he was afraid that he had rabies. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You? <laughs> Rabies. And he, we're like, so what happened? He goes, I was at a party three days ago, and I was drunk, and I think a bat bit me. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what? <laughs> like, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's 3.30 in the morning. Why Why did you decide that 3.30 in the morning is a appropriate time to call 911 and have six people show up at your house for you to tell us some weird drunk story yeah. about – a bat maybe you may or may not have bit you and now you think you have rabies yeah and you know his mom comes out and i'm like hey what's what's the deal and his mom's just like i don't know he gets on google and it's more probably a psychological issue with this yeah. kid but i'm like you need to kind of take care of your son like you know like quell the quell the issues so there's calls like that where you just yeah. like you're like get, rabies he called us out for rabies we're like what do we what do you want us to do for rabies man like that's <laughs> yeah right right he's just foaming at the yeah. mouth and, um uh, and i'm trying to like funny ones are, are it's like yeah. you don't carry like rabies shots with you no you know? um <laughs> epi pens do you have epi pens well we don't have epi pens we have epinephrine so it's like what's inside the epi pen but we have to draw it up and measure it out ourselves oh um so and so in that realm, like anything that we have is basically for if your heart stops beating, we can fix it. If your heart's beating too fast, we can fix it. If it's beating too slow, we can fix it. If you have an allergic reaction, we can fix it. And uh, seizures and then pain meds. That's pretty much the extent of what we have in our body. It's for emergencies. It's life, yeah. or, life or death yeah, yeah. stuff. We don't have like, 
oh, you need an aspirin? Thanks for calling us out for your headache. Here's your aspirin. But no. we, but we do get those calls. You get the the aspirin call. I, I have I've been called out to put to put a band aid on a grown man's finger before. Uh. A little Band-Aid? A, he cut himself washing dish, dishes on a broken glass, and he was afraid that the bleeding wouldn't stop. And when we got there, he had a small cut on the tip of his finger, and we put a Band-Aid on for him. And he was a 40-something-year-old man. Was he crying? He was very nervous over a and, cut on his finger. And you said he was fine. He, he was 100% fine. And, he, and you gave him, like, a little Band-Aid. Told everything was going to be good. What is the, happening with these... And then the aspirin, like somebody's like, I have a headache. The little, you, I've been, you, you'll be surprised how many calls we get called out for for nosebleeds. Nosebleeds? What they think they're like? They're gonna bleed out. Oh, I'm losing all of my blood through my nose. Not, oh, it's not possible to do that unless you don't. Unless the, your nose is ripped off and you have a gaping hole in your face. But if you just have a nosebleed, you're not gonna die. Yeah. Well, oh, that's good to know. Yeah, it is good to know. Um, can I ask you? Sure, uh, sorry, uh, uh, are these uh, all right to use? Uh, can you show me how to use this? Yeah. Not inside here. Yeah, yeah, no, I won't pull it. These are the messiest ones you have. That's so these, cool. Yeah, so these are uh, dry chemical extinguishers, ABC extinguisher. Um, which does one say? Yeah, uh, I don't know how how many feet it'll cover. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to give Still you a comp- company school on this. So. Is it foam? I don't um, know what it is. No, I think this is a, a dry chemical one. Can we see that box, uh, Chris? Please. Yeah, this uh, this one's a this one's a dry chemical one. So there's basically this like oh that's our we got or, orange dust that'll come out of here. Orange. Um, orange. So, uh, so uh, it's ammonium nitrate or aluminum aluminum silicate, uh, magnesium, all this random like powder in there, and so it's basically if you you guys never set off fire extinguisher. Before? No. no. All right. Um, I'm going to today if you think it's so, okay. So, I mean, it's interesting. Like, if, if you're willing to waste a fire extinguisher um, just to see what it does, but don't do it inside. Do it outside someplace. Because yeah, yeah. this will fill this entire room with dust. And you'll oh, have to, yeah, we won't yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, essentially, if you have a fire, this is going to – this tells you the bottom. So you have A, B, and C type fires. So A is going to be, like, normal combustibles. Like, it's something – paper, trash, garbage, wood – excuse me class b fires are liquid so it's going to be like gasoline diesel um rubbing alcohol like mm-hmm. stuff like that and then class c is electrical equipment so this this is telling you it'll work on all three of those types of fires there you go right um it's not water-based so it'll work on electrical it's just powder um essentially it tells you you hold it you pull this tab pull this pin out put this at where you want it to go and you squeeze it and you just sweep back and forth at the base of the fire don't try and hit the flames try and hit where the fire is coming from ah base yeah. not the flame that's good to don't know hit everybody oh, wow. hit the base hit the base don't go to the top go yeah. to the bottom Start at the bottom oh that's good to know yeah yeah that is and, and these things uh, they're always red isn't that fun yeah <laughs> yeah i mean well, there's white ones there's different different yeah. um there's like different f- uh, extinguishment methods that are uh, chemicals that'll do in it. Like my house, we have a white one and it's um, based on like not being dusty. So like if we do have a kitchen fire, like I told my wife, I was like, I don't want to have to deal with cleaning up the entire house of this yellow dust. So yeah. we'll just use this one, you know? That's oh, smart okay. to know. Um, <coughs> so so the white ones are better because it's, it's well, it's in the kitchen, so it's it's a different it's a different chemical that like is for like grease fires and stuff like that. So like um, that would probably work on a grease fire because essentially it's just coating it. You can't really put grease fire out with water. You, you guys yeah. know that from like you know junior high or elementary school, like how to put grease fires out. 
Don't no, put water on really. <laughs> That's not. why we started That's this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's not rocket science. But, <laughs> right. Uh, so this this actually happened at my house uh, last year. We were, we were um, one, of, one of my friends, she was showing us how to, how to make uh, Indian fry bread in our backyard. So we had the whole like uh, cooker out in the back and we have oil and, you know, we're making, she's making the dough and we're doing it. And we're like, oh, that's awesome, right? Um, fire, like oil gets hot when fire hits it, it f- goes, goes up. If you put water on that, all water does, because water and oil don't mix, right? It just spreads it. Wow. So you just, you want to blanket it. So like with that fire extinguisher, it creates almost like a crust, like that powder will hit the oil and kind of almost like turn into a scab over it. So it stops the air. It just stops the burning process of it. Wow. So if you put water on it, you could spread it. It hits the wall. Now you got, now you got burning oil on a wall. Now, now that your whole kitchen's on fire oh my rather Lord. than pot. So the other thing is if you see it happening, chill out. If it's just, if it's just your pot burning, grab a towel, run it, run the towel underwater, get it wet. And then you blanket it over the fire. Does like, it need to be hot or cold water? Doesn't matter. Long, it, you're basically putting the water on it so it doesn't catch the rag on fire. Okay. Yeah, you know, and then it basically and then it basically takes the air away from it, and, and the fire should go uh, out. Do you uh, kind of do the uh, motion of up and down, or you literally just put it? You on? You put it over top. You don't want to fan it. Yeah, that's yeah. what. Yeah, yeah. No, you just like you get a wet towel. Um, baking soda works too. Like if you don't have an extinguisher, if you have a thing of like a thing of baking soda, you put baking soda over top of grease fire to help help put it out. Wow. But usually it's just not panicking, which is hard for someone who doesn't deal with fires a lot. Like everyone right, goes in right. a panic mode throw water on it. Now your whole kitchen's on fire when you could have just draped a rag over it and probably put it out. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Is That's it hard to, to is it hard to freak you out? Make the, you panic? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I get like, it's, well, you're probably trained for it. You know? That's well, what you, I'm saying. You just, you get the experiences, right? Like, so we always call it like a duck on the water, right? Like you watch a duck paddling around on a lake. They look super chill. Like they're just like, oh, I'm a duck. I'm cruising. But if you looked under the water, their legs are just spinning, right? Mm. So that's kind of like the mentality we try and have is like on the surface, we look calm and collected. Meanwhile, our brains are probably pumping through every scenario we could possibly imagine. Right. So. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what about um, like they have those fire blankets for kitchens? Sure. Should those 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 work are, yeah those, those work too. It's basically just taking one of the components like um, you know one of the things you learn in like fire um, uh, your fire science classes in college. It's, it's super simple, but it's called the fire triangle. Like fire can't start without three sides, so you need um, fuel, uh, you need heat, and you need oxygen. Right. You take one of those sides away, the fire can't happen. Mm. Right. Oh. So if there's no fuel, fire, oxi- oxygen and heat aren't going to do anything. If there's no oxygen, fuel and heat aren't going to do anything because oxygen feeds it. So you take one of the sides of the, of the fire triangle away, it's gone. Now, they, they've redeveloped the fire triangle with a fire tetrahedron. I'm not well versed in that. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, new, the newer stuff is uh, the fire tetrahedron. And that is um, it's it's keep it. Sim- I always like to keep it simple. You got three sides. Take one away. You're either going to take the heat, the fuel or the oxygen away. And I'll put the fire out. Wow, that's really good to know. Very good to know. Yeah, that's insightful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, that's great. Thank you. Um, So um, uh, let me ask you kind of about, you know, like forest fire stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you deal with with that? Or how do you keep your home safe from a forest fire approaching? What do you do? So um, there's there's like the kind of tried and true rule is you want to keep 50 feet of clear space around your house. You know, like if you're in one of those areas, if you're in a neighborhood like you're in Las Feliz or 
you know, Glendale or unless you're up against the mountains in Pasadena or Altadena, like my neighborhood, I live in Altadena. We're close to the mountains, but like not in an area where I'm like, oh man, like I should cut these trees down around my house because, you know, it's going to push in. But if you're in one of those areas, like, you know, if you look at the Hollywood Hills, right. And there's those houses up there and they're all kind of like stacked. Yeah. Um, those places, if you get a fire below you and none of your brush is cleared, it's going to catch the brush on fire. It's just going to run to your house. Like it's going to, it's going to follow the fuel. So we like to a minimum of 50 feet around your house of like clean, you know, not no. Does that mean like no trees? No. So you can have trees, but you want to keep them, keep them trimmed. Right. You don't want to have, you know, like a bushy, you know, you don't want your yard to look like the woods, you know, like you want to keep it. You know, space in between stuff, keep the leaf litter at a minimum, keep keep anything that could, you know, potentially do that. But n- the only areas that r- that really um, pertains to, for the most part, is, is the wildland urban interface, which is the wooey. My wife loves to hear the term wooey. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, wildland urban interface, and that's basically your house backing up to the wilderness. So, you know, if you're backed up to the wilderness and you keep your yard looking like the wilderness, your house will burn down if something yeah. happens. So don't do that wooey. Yeah, you don't want to. If you're looking to buy a house, it's really nice to be up against those mountains, but just realize the risks that you're putting your like your house will eventually burn down. Like, eventually, oh, you know, no it, matter what. Right. I mean, not, not no matter what, but like you think you like, you know, you put yourself in a risky situation. You're like, OK, when's the last time this hillside burned? You know, OK, we're pretty close into it. If this happens, there's a good possibility if this hillside catches on fire. I mean, we're in California. I I look at every hillside as a potential. Yeah, it's probably going to burn. You know, yeah. event like it's going to. You know, um, Jeez. so it's like you put yourself in that situation. You kind of got to know the risks and consequences. And even insurance companies now, because of all the big fires we've had in the last ten years, they don't even want to do fire insurance for your house if it's in a certain area of. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! So they're just like, hey, you're 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 willing to buy this house in the you know in the brush. You kind of got to assume those risks and consequences of buying that house. Yeah. Actually, it makes sense, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you want to, for wildland stuff, you want to try and keep it all clear. You know, if you can, I mean, everyone loves trees. No one wants to cut trees down around their house. But if you have a tree that's leaning up, like not leaning on your house, but but like the branches are dangling on your roof and everything like that, you just want to trim it all up and make sure it's, you know, it's it's not touching the house. And then, if you have an older house and you're willing to put the money into it, um, if you look at the eaves of your house where your roof meets the walls, box those in because a lot of the times um, your house will catch on fire due to the wind will be blowing uh, cinders, you know, and those cinders will get into your attic and then catch your attic on fire. So, so what do you do if a fire is actually approaching and you don't have... You, you, you know, say that, stop. Yeah, no, no, but, <laughs> but you don't have the fifty feet cleared, or what do you? What do you kind of do? You call the fire department. So or, the fire department, if it, if if it's, if that's already happening, you get like, a hose. Or, I mean, I wouldn't get a hose. You you don't have enough gallons a minute coming out of your garden hose to stop the the fire from a from wildfire. Like it's not gonna oh, do, it's wow. not gonna do anything. It's like you know, it's it's not gonna it really won't do much. What about a fire extinguisher? Nope. No. Nope. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my um, God. Blanket. So what I would do personally, if I was in that, that situation, I'd ha- if my yard wasn't up to par, hopefully have a chainsaw and start cutting trees. While it's wow. on fire. Well, if, if it's approaching, if you see it, like it's not coming, like you know it. 
you'll know if it's con- like, you know, you, if you pay attention to the fire stuff or like listen to the news, they'll usually be, f- if they, if the fire department and the emergency management system knows that the fire's coming through your neighborhood, they're going to evacuate your neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Right. And at that point, you're just kind of like, you know, hoping a prayer that your house doesn't burn down. Right. Cut Hope- down the trees. Yeah. And, I would yeah. leave like personally, if, if that was the case, if I was like, all right, they're evacuating us, the fire is going to come through our neighborhood. I would do my, uh, it sucks. You don't want to cut, you know, especially like you're you're like, dude, I love these trees. I've been, you know, my backyard has three giant trees that shade our, like they create a very livable space in the summertime in our backyard. But if that was the case, I'd be like, Hey, well, you want to lose the house because of these trees, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's get these trees down. Yeah. Wow. Um, but that saying that, like, do you have time to do that? Probably not. No, you know, like, (laughs) right. 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 You know? Yeah. So it's like the, but those are all the things. That's why you want to stay ahead of it. Yeah. Keep your, keep your trees trim, keep your yard clean. You have a, like not saying that's going to eliminate your house burning down, but give you a little bit of chance of it not burning. You know, it would suck like a tree house up there. Yeah, yeah, you could that have would not be good. Yeah. That would not be up no. in the air. Yeah. Good God, these yeah. are all good things to know. <laughs> yeah, these are great things to know that I did not know. Very, very insightful, and we're learning a lot. Dude. Yeah. Thanks so much. No, Nate. no, I, I um, try. Hopefully, I'm uh, not telling anybody anything wrong. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you are, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like it's well, the, very you know, good. the comment guys will know for sure. Um, a- <laughs> I was thinking of uh, if we could, we want to open up some questions to some fans on TikTok. Yeah. All right. We got people entering. We're oh, live wow. here on TikTok and uh, we're doing uh, we're doing my podcast TikTok called Not Rocket Science with Anthony DeVries, uh, another host. Um, that's his hand. Do you want to put your head in the, to show them that you're, what are you doing? Okay. So we're going to, um, so everyone, we're interviewing a firefighter. He's here. A uh, firefighter. There he is. What, what advice would you give someone who wants to be a firefighter? Oh, yeah. Okay. Great question. Um, advice is, uh, if you have no uh, experience, go by a fire station. Um, talk to the guys at your local station, and um, you know, figure out what what they're doing and what what uh, what roadmap you can take to to accomplish it. Um, I would say physical fitness is probably one of the biggest things that I, I see guys struggle with. And when I say guys, I mean girls too. Like every everyone gets into the job and think, oh yeah, I'll be fine. It's a different story when you actually have to do do it for real. It's um, your physical fitness is is probably a premium. The other stuff is just getting your education. Um, take a fire science class. Um, learn your uh, uh, your policies on certain certain things on how fires uh, react and, and that. Um, and then if you have if you live in an area that provides a college program that does a college fire academy, like if you have if you have no experience at all, you're coming in it fresh. A um, college fire academy will definitely give you like a good taste of what you're getting yourself into. Because I, when I went through my college academy, we had guys that um, through the academy they were like, "Yeah, this isn't for me." Mm. You know, they were yeah. like, "They were like, oh, you know what? I'm glad I did this because now I realize like I don't want to do this." You know, it gives you a good a good idea of it. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. great advice. Good, great, well, great. Thank you, you for that. Questions. Thank you. Okay, someone asked, do you guys cook at the fire department? What do you eat? Oh. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So um, we have uh, every shift, uh, we have someone else from the crew cook. So it's a rotating schedule. So you usually cook twice a month. Um, Depending on who's cooking is depending on how well you eat. Some Mm. guys are really good at cooking. Some guys are 
you know, hot dogs and mac and cheese guys, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which right. still isn't bad. You know, you're just glad you got a meal on the table, but, um, you try and you try and cook for your for your crew. Um, newer guys, it's always funny when guys are in their twenties. They've never been out, uh, you know, out from under mom's wing, and they never cooked for themselves, let alone ten other people. Those are <laughs> always those are always a good experiences um, <laughs> to see what new guys will come up with when they've never done it. But uh, yeah, you just you like for me personally, I make a lot of jambalaya. Um, oh, I do. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were just talking about that. I just yeah. came from New Orleans. Okay, is that, so. is that rice? It's it well it's rice and uh, you know whatever and it, whatever you want to really put in it you know you oh, can do cool. I do I do seafood jambalaya with Ooh. you know um, oh that sounds good but yeah my wife's from Louisiana so oh yeah, nice that's nice yeah. that's I learned I learned that but um, I do I do jambalaya and I'll do um, you know different brats like I'll do like a you know uh, beer brats. Oh, I like that yeah. too. Yeah. I might, I might have uh, those, to join those, this fire stuff. Yeah, you know, but we are responsible for you know preparing our own dinner, buying our own dinner. Like none of that stuff's provided, so we have it like station dues. So every day, every day I come to work, I'm there for two days. Like I said, a forty-eight hour shift. It costs me twenty-eight dollars to be at work, so that's your station dues plus plus meals. So we have it's four dollars for station dues, which is condiments, internet, cable, TV. We all pay for that. Oh wow! And then. Um, that we have eleven dollars for uh, for for dinner, so ten people, eleven dollars. You know, wait a second, wait, eleven dollars for ten people yeah. per person. Yeah, and then you go to the grocery store and you got to stay within budget. So you know, jeez, oh my god, jambalaya. Then they have a lot of rice is rice uh, is cheap. Yeah, you know, that's a smart thing. <laughs> cool. Let's let's just Great question, switch over man. to we're gonna switch over to Instagram now. Thank you guys. Um, okay. Thanks so much, Nate. We're, we're oh, no, this, is, this is awesome. Yeah, break. This gave me a break from the from the five and a half month old baby at home. So I'm oh, congrats, I can, by the way. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm able to just kind of hang out with adults instead. <laughs> <laughs> Actual yeah. adults. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he knows if uh, Stranger Things season five when it's coming out. I don't think Nate will know that. You know that, Nate? Um, I, I do not. I'm, <laughs> I, I I ask Maddie all the time myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm very yeah. curious, but he keeps his mouth closed on it. Yeah. Um, okay. Someone asked, "What's the best part about being a firefighter?" Not a bad question at all. Great well, question. I I'll give you I'll give you the 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 scripted answer that you get that you give on an interview panel. Yeah. And that is um, helping people. You know, being there in people's worst times to make them to make it better for them. You know, there's a lot of good public service that comes along with it. You know, good feeling for yourself um, and knowing that you're you're hopefully doing the right thing by by your community. Um, that's that's a good fulfilling part of it. But, you know, the real side of it is, you know, paydays and four days. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you love, you're, you're there for a reason. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's uh, the, the ability to um, have a good work, uh, whole, like work life uh, schedule. You know, like you're, sometimes we're at work for 120 hours, you know, if not longer. You know, if we go out on a, like a wildfire, we're gone for 14 days at a time oh minimum, you know, up to 21 days extended. And the ability to be able to come home and, you know, take some time and be home for a couple of weeks with the family, you know, is, is for me, that's, that's the biggest thing is the work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great, great question. Great Thank question. You. Great answer too. And uh, um, someone asked, what's the hardest part of the job? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, like same thing. Being away from being away from family is personally the hardest part of the job. Um, then the the other part is the calls. Some of the, some of the calls can become you know uh, they can weigh heavy on you sometimes. You know yeah, you see yeah. you see some stuff that 
you, you probably only would really would never want to see in your life, if not just once. And you see it multiple times throughout, oh. you know, throughout a, a, a career, you know, a 30, a 30 year career, you're going to see some stuff that the average person wouldn't, you know, be okay with seeing once and you're going to oh. see it multiple times. So you just got to hearts go out to you, man. You know, so you just yeah, got to figure it. We appreciate you. Figure it out. You know, it's yeah, a, you're a hero. No, not a hero. You're just doing a job. Well, we, <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, Thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah, have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. So uh, one thing you kind of just talked about just then, Mm -hmm. just to kind of wrap this up quickly. um, So you've done, you've been out there for forest fires. Yeah. What's that like? I mean, what is that? That must be scary. Uh, Depends. So there's different levels of it. Like we call it IA, which is initial attack or initial um, assignment is when the fire first starts. And that's when you're actively fighting fire. And then you start like as the fire, you know, progresses through through its changes, you end up with kind of we call mop up. So depending on when you get when you get sent out on that fire, it's going to be more dangerous. I can't say more or less dangerous because a lot of guys get hurt and killed during mop up. A lot of guys get hurt and killed during, during active fire assault. Um, but yeah, it's, there's a different levels of danger and different levels of safety concerns on each side of that side of that fire. So, um, for the most part, if you're out on an, an initial assignment, when the fire first starts, you're doing like, um, you know, figuring out how you're going to flank the fire, how you're going to, how, how you and your crew and you and you and the, uh, the strike team that you got assigned with are going to, you know, be assigned on that fire. And then it's just a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like we will do, you know, thousands of feet of hose on the ground, hiking up hills, you know, where you're just, you know, out in the middle of it for a long time and hot and dirty yeah. and you know that. And then sometimes you get an assignment and it's, relatively mellow right where like the fire yeah. already burned through you're just chasing hot spots which gives you that false sense of security but um there's been guys who've definitely been um hurt and put off the job on those on those assignments because oh, it's you, you do have that false sense so like um, a normal mop-up situation is like a fire's burned through a forest right you're going through looking for hot spots making sure the wind doesn't pick up and blow ashes and start it up again so you're going through and you find stuff so if a big tree burns down it not only burns down the tree but it goes into the root system so what that does is it basically creates like, um, you know, you guys have been on bonfires before, right? You dig yeah. them out in the ground, you bury them with ashes, but it's still kind of soft mm-hmm. and it's hot in that pit. Sometimes that tree stump is burned out and it looks like flat and you step into it and it's a three foot pit that's still Oof. at, you know, 500, 600 degrees. Oh, God. Wow. And, you know, you fall in that and you, you get burned up pretty good. Oh, so there's that false sense of security on that. You know, even when the fire's gone, you're like, oh, we're good. We're out here doing mop up. But. You can uh, you catch yourself into some pretty sketchy oh, situations. Jeez. Oh, um, but th- those, I like to think of those fires. Like I like camping. I like backpacking. I think of those fires as just like an extended camping trip. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know, you're camping inside the campfire instead of around the campfire. <laughs> you try <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. 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 You make well, the, you make peace with sell- it. Yeah. Saving lives. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, um, not a problem. I'm glad yeah. to be here. Well, I just appreciate you. you. Thank you for uh, everything you've said to us and uh, all the work you do. Um, Yeah. Oh, I know what I want to ask you. Kind of a final question here. But um, uh, can you do, can like me or Anthony or uh, could we do like a ride along like Uh, how they have with, Mm -hmm. do you do ride along? We do through our department. um, It's just like a a request through our admin and some paper, like some like waivers. But yeah, you do like right. a you know couple hour ride along, you know, see see what it's like. Yeah, that's 
but we do that. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, like, do you give him a fire suit? And no, like, no. So we'll give. <laughs> what do you give him? No. So like any any type of incident, we, we like if it's something real, you will usually just stay on the rig. Like you like I just don't get anyone's way. Stay on the rig. Wow. Um, if it's anything, you know, like for the most part, if it's like a traffic collision, something like that, well, you'll you'll be in the back pocket of the captain. So you just follow the captain around. You know, if it's nothing serious, um, like you know, a medical call or a traffic accident, you'll put, uh, we'll give you a brush coat, which is basically a yellow zip up jet, like lightweight jacket. And you'll get like, uh, I think last time, I think my, we brought my wife along a couple of years ago and we gave her like a little blue helmet or something, you know, just something to like make it look like she's a part of it, not just some random bystander. Yeah. 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 Right. That's <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like, and then if anything real happens and then we'll just like, Hey, stay on the rig. Don't get in any way, anybody's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Would I fit in the fire truck? I'm six six. Yeah. Oh, dude, we got some big guys. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got All some. Right. We got some. Uh, we got some corn-fed boys on the. Nice. Uh, <laughs> on Don't, the you nice. Okay, yeah. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. You fit well, perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nate, for for coming in and uh, saving lives. And you're the best, man. And congrats oh, on you, the guys. baby. Oh, I appreciate it. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Love to Dara and yeah. Yeah. your wife and yeah yeah thank you so much oh, man. thanks for having me i appreciate yeah, it man this was is awesome fun, man. yeah thank you thank, thank you. you all right well that was very insightful and nate is such a good guy and a hero in my opinion doing that day in day out it's just it's really incredible to me yeah, thank you, Nate. Yeah, and, thank you, and Nate. And thanks to all the firefighters yeah. across the U.S. that are uh, risking their lives literally every day to keep us safe. Yeah, and our hearts go out to Maui. Uh, let's help Maui put the pieces back together by donating to the Disaster Relief Fund at American Red Cross of Hawaii. Go to the link on the screen to donate or find out more on how you can help families rebuild. Help those around you, or even if they're not around you, help them, because uh, helping, it's not, uh, it's not rocket science. Thank you all. Our hearts go out to everyone. You're the best. Thanks for listening, and uh, take care. Bye. It's not rocket science. <laughs> Not rocket science. Science. Not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's not. 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 Rocket science. It's not rocket science. So, Anthony, you think you can get a fire suit on in two minutes, like our pal Nate just said? Oh, I could do it earlier than two or sooner than two, but we don't have a suit or anything, so that's a. I have one. Oh. Well, we don't have a timer, so... I got that, too. Go. (laughs) These are the pants. (laughs) I think you have to take your your pants that you're wearing off. I don't know if you could put those on. I'm going to take my pants off? (laughs) I'm a firefighter. you got to be ready for it. (laughs) You need that's every you button. Uh, you don't think of, that's what you don't think about for firefighting is the buttons. You got to tuck, too, though. You got to tuck. You got to tuck your shirt in? Yeah. No, you don't. Do you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and... <laughs>
<laughs> and uh, 48 seconds. <sighs> it could be a fire. Well, I guess they have more equipment, but uh, close enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. Close enough. Nice. 